everybody, and welcome to the Mana Sculpting Podcast, episode 10. Uh, Trevor Isham here, as always, with Wally Bullard. Hey, everybody. And this is going to be episode 1.5 of our M12 spoiler cast. We still have a couple weeks left until the pre-releases, but we want to continue to get you guys the information as soon as possible on these great new spoilers. So, first of all, like, what's your impression of the set as a whole? Like, whelmed, overwhelmed, underwhelmed? What do you think so far? I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just whelmed. Um, it seems like it's going to be, I mean, corsets are fun to draft, you know. Um, like, you're going to play blue-white flyers if you're good. Uh, that's, I mean, that's about it. I mean, like, there's just not a ton of cards I'm super jazzed for, at least in, in current standard. Um, I'm sure when stuff rotates, you know, everything can get better, but creatures are just not nearly as good with this member in the standard format, but I think it's going to be a blast to play limited with. Yeah, the biggest thing I think is, like, it's it creates such a big change in limited that we go from drafting, like, a very well-known set to a set that's wide open and that no one's played before, so... That's always kind of a fun switch. So, uh, yeah, definitely, especially if you listen to the podcast and have an idea of what you're drafting and some of the power level, and hopefully we'll help you guys out with that. Um, so without further ado, we'll just jump right into it. So we're going to start with the uh, white cards. Um, if anyone's following along, they can go to the MTG Salvation um, M12 spoiler, and that's what we're working off of. So the first card up is Aegis Angel. It's a 5-5 five, five Flying Angel. Costs 4 colorless and 2 white. And when it enters the battlefield, another target permanent is indestructible for as long as you control Aegis Angel. What do you think? environment like there's nothing that you want to protect that badly that costs six mana because like the body you know is like i mean baneslayer angel eats this thing for breakfast <laughs> um yeah. and then your thing's not even you know indestructible anymore so like it's kind of cool like i've heard more people talk about it you know in relationship with commander than anything else um, it's just kind of a cool way to, you know, protect something that's already on the battlefield. But even then, like, it seems like you're paying way too much for that. Yeah, and then and then it is just the body, and it's not, you know, a spectacular creature outside of Limited. Yeah, so, like, Limited, like, I think we can both agree, it's, it's like, a pretty bomb. It's a pretty big bomb. I mean, like, a 5-5 five, five flyer uh, for 6 is, you know, it's pretty definitely pretty solid. Um, but... Outside of limited, probably not very playable. Oh yeah, I, I would agree. So uh, the next card is Alabaster Mage. I would say 
outside of limited unplayable and maybe even in limited unplayable. Yeah, definitely not taking this, like, probably in the top ten picks of the pack. Like, depending on the comments, like, it just, I don't know, it's too small. Like, it dies to everything, so. Yeah, I mean, it dies to anything, and, like, its ability isn't really that relevant, so. Yeah, I mean, if its ability was a single white, then it'd be a lot better, probably, but definitely two mana up to give one creature life link it just not good. Yeah, so. Next card, on the other hand, is a total change around. So there's obviously a push here to, um, you know, give auras, give enchantments, like a little boost. Um, so even Aegis Angel kind of helps us out. You know, you give one creature indestructible, and then you can drop an enchantment on it and kind of be assured that it's at least going to live through the enchantment being on it. But anyway, Angelic Destiny is cost two colorless and two planes. It's an enchantment. It's a mythic rare. Enchant creature gets plus four, plus four, has flying and first strike, and is an angel in addition to its other types. When enchanted creature dies, return angelic destiny to its owner's hand. So what do you think? I mean, it makes, you know, it, I guess if you combo with Alabaster Mage and it makes whatever one one you want to face their angel pretty much, but I mean, it's good. Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely a bomb, right? You're, you're definitely going to play it in the limited. Um, that being said, it is an enchantment, so it uh, dies a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get a ton of value out of it in limited. I mean, it's it's like, <laughs> it's the one card I think I'm hoping to open in this set, I think. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, like I mean, it makes all your little bad ground-pounding dudes amazing flyers. Yeah, and like, in, like, the aggressive strategy in limited in the past has been, you know, mostly like blue-white control, or like if you're able to draft a lot of green trample. And this card just pushes that to a whole nother level. Yeah, and I mean, it makes like your bear, like your tutus, um, able to kill like every creature in the limited format. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and like, live. And live. So, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anything with like seven toughness. So, it's really good. Um, I mean, definitely if you open it, you can play it. Like, it definitely makes you play white. You make, you know, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's a liability that, like, when you play it, you know, your, your guy just gets doombladed, but, like, the great thing about this is if you play it when they're tapped out, you know, like, even if they doomblade your guy later, like, you still get the enchantment back, so it kind of takes away, like, that uh, that part of the card disadvantage. You just have to be strategic when you use it, like, you don't play it, you know, when they're, like, holding two mana up and <laughs> they're telegraphing yeah, doomblade. Yeah, they're just only play it on the black, you know. Two, three, or whatever, and then you're fine because it won't die to shock or Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just gotta be smart. I mean, they're still incinerate, but yeah, you just gotta be smart about when you use it. Yeah. So, uh, the next card is Arbus Delete. Um, pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> Unless you're. It, it, yeah, it's, like. You, it's you need, like, super slow controlling deck, but other than that, like, it's just bad. Um, the next yeah. card is interesting. It's Archon of Justice. It's three colorless and two planes, a four-four flyer. And when it dies, you exile target permanent. Which this card is actually interesting. Like I think in in the right control deck, like this is actually like a decent card. Like 
I think in the current environment we have a better option, which is Banesler Angel. But this card's just very good, and like it does its job very well in a control deck. And not only like being a beater and being a clock, but then if it dies, like it eliminates their best, you know, their best card, whether it's a land yeah, or no matter what it trades with, like their best threat, right? Yeah, exactly. So you know, the worst case scenario, you know, you just get one for one, which with control deck, like that's all you're trying to do is just stay ahead of the value chain. And then if this puts them on a the clock, like, you're that much farther ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, if, so if, if they go to Doomblade or whatever your, your Archon, then, you know, they wasted a card to kill your best spell, and then you're your best creature, and then you kill theirs. So, I mean, that's that's the definition of a two-for-one. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, and then, like, obviously in Limited, it's, it's really good. Like, a 4-4 four, four flyer is, is always good. Um, it's, like, it's well-costed. And then, of course, with the little, like, Exile target permanent, you know, ability, you know, it, it can do a lot of work for you, too, so. Yep. The next card is um, Armored Warhorse, and it's so vanilla, we're not even going to talk about it. <laughs> yep, it's 2 3 for 2 white, it's, we've seen it printed 100 times, so. Yeah. I mean, if you're aggressive in white, play it. If you're not, don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Assault Griffin is, you know, another the same card. Like, in Limited, it's relevant, but that's it. You know, it fits in the blue-white Flyers deck, so. Um, Oromancer, uh, it's a great way to get your nice enchantment you spent a lot on and then got Doombladed out from underneath you back. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, right. it's pretty... If you're un- playing Angelic Destiny, you'll be playing this card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you'll you'll, uh, you'll want one. I mean, like, but other, I mean... Otherwise, it really doesn't do much. Like there aren't any other enchantments right now in in standard that you really want back that that much. I mean, like the closest one I can think of is like Splinter Twin, but it just doesn't even fit anymore. So and that's my phone going off. Um, yep. The next one is just a. It's basically like a vanilla. I mean, it's it's like a really bad bear because it costs too much and it only gets yeah. Two I mean, when, when you swing, it gets bigger, but it doesn't block. So like you're gonna be swinging and then it's just gonna die. Like it eats bears, but dies to giants. So yeah, exactly. So. And then the next card is sweet because it's the favorite card. It's the best card ever printed, and it's Day of Judgment, and it's going to be back for at least another year. <laughs> so <Yay>. this guy is happy. <laughs> and I'm happy because it signals, like, Wizards knows that they have to print sweepers in the core set. So. I wish they had printed Damnation instead. <laughs> that would have been cool. I mean, I would have taken that as well, actually, because... I think blue black control is pretty strong right now, but uh, but this is this is totally satisfying for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's good because I don't have to go out and get new board sweepers. Like I can just keep playing the same ones. So uh, divine favor is uh, is a fine card. It's an enchantment. Um, you know, when it comes on the battlefield, you gain three life. So it's again another enchantment that you just don't you want to play when your opponents, you know, when they're tapped out. And at least you get a little three life bonus if they just kill it right away. So that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it seems fine. I mean, for for two mana to get you know plus one plus three on a creature is good. Like, then again, you know we don't know what all enchantment removal is going to be printed. Like right now, it's only one card spoiled the whole set that you know destroys enchantment. But you know we'll see. You know another green 
incident that does something. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, the next couple of cards, we've talked about all of them in the last cast, so see our last cast, talk about them, we don't want to just keep reiterating the same thing. So Elite Vanguard, Gidinger, uh, Avenger, Lawkeeper, Griffin Rider, Sentinel, we've talked about all those. The next new card is Guardian's Pledge, uh, which is an instant, costs one colorless and two white, and white creatures you control get plus two, plus two until end of turn. So, better or worse than Brave the Elements? I mean, probably better because you can use it when they're attacking you, like when they're out, but like, you know, when they're coming in. Yep. You can block, or I mean, we're Brave the Elements, like, stop you from taking damage. After you, you know, when your creatures don't die, yeah. this will kill their creatures. So it's probably, I mean, better in its ability, but I mean, it's it's three mana. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like a mini overrun, is kind of how I look at it. You know, like, you can send yeah, your like, whole team like a in. It's white overrun. Yeah, I mean, like, you can send your whole team in, and they're like, oh, I'll just block like this, and you can kind of blow them out. You know, or if they don't block, you can just get in for a lot of damage if you feel like it. So, you know, like, it's a pretty versatile card and something that I think everyone should be aware of in the set because it's also a common. So it's probably going to be played, like, a good amount of the time. Um, yep. It was, I can't remember what the name of it, but there was a card in M11 that was very similar that gave, like, all creatures, like, plus two, plus one. So um, that's all creatures, this is just white, but, like, that card is very much played in blue-white flyers, because you kind of put your attacks over the top, and, yeah. you know, created a big win situation. And, and cards like that make combat math really goofy, so... Yeah, exactly. Gotta, you gotta always plan on, like, two extra points of power or toughness, like, if they have three mana up, but, I mean, if they, like, double white and something up, you know, you'll, you should be able to see that card come in. Yeah. Um, so then the next new card, uh, which is a reprint, but it's a sick reprint, is Oblivion Ring. Two colorless and one planes, for those of you who don't know what it does. It's an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, exile another target non-land permanent. And when Oblivion Ring leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So Oblivion Ring should have been the card that stayed in standard, because it would have been a sweet... Jace answer. It's kind of like, to be honest, like it's what kept Jace balanced. Pre yeah, and Jace. I'm, I'm mad. Yeah, it just answers like a lot of stuff. It's, I mean, because it, it obviously targets like any permanent. Um, it's an enchantment. It's a sorcery speed. So like, it's not amazing, but then it also has like some cool stuff where you can like kill the Oblivion Ring, like Legend Rule, the next one. Um, so like, there's a lot of cool interactions you can have with Oblivion Ring, um, and it's just like an all-around great catch-all, and it's really good that Wizards is recognized that it needs to be in a core set, I think, because it's going to always, you know, prevent situations like J Stoneforge bannings from happening, because players always have an answer. See, and they knew we were getting Oblivion Ring when they banned Jason Stoneforge. Yeah, and they so still did like, it, which is kind so of like annoying. So we're going to it out for two weeks, like... Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> so... I mean, what a bummer that, that, that they knew, right? And uh, frustrating, because, like, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's the answer, right? Like, it's... Yep. You know, like, if they reprint Pithing Needle, I might just, like, flip out. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I'm, I'm happy they did it. I'm obviously still upset about the banning, but... Oh no, I think I'm 
pumped for a blue bin. I mean, like, I already had mine. Mine all are, you know, common <laughs> yard block or whatever. Yeah. Like, so. it's cool that it's uncommon. The reasoning is because they want to pass it to be a common, you know. Um, yep. And it's fine. Um, it's a good card. It's an uncommon, you know, it won't show up a whole bunch in, in limited, which is good because it's it's way, it's almost too good for limited. It's a removal spell. Yep. I mean, if it were common, you'd get it all the time in draft. Yeah. And it would just be ridiculous. Like, you could, like, all your bombs would just be terrible. You only want to play a bunch of little foods. Um, but it's good. I mean, they, I think it was a smart choice moving it to uncommon. It, it makes makes it draftable. So. Yeah, for sure. And then limited, you know, it's obviously, like, one of the most versatile removal spells you're ever going to find. So, you know, definitely draft it, you know, very early. Yeah. Um, especially if you like to play white, um, it's you know it's yeah, a pretty reasonable. Like to get blown out by removal, like just take it. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty reasonable like first pick. Um, in any yeah, so draft. Far, I'd say. So yeah. Um, the it's, next. It's flashable at one white, super flashable. So yeah. Like spell. So the next card we have is personal sanctuary. And well, I want you to read that one because I have to go grab water so you can read and start talking about that, and I'll be back in a second. <laughs> yeah. All right. Personal sanctuary is uh, two colors and a white. It's an enchantment. It's a rare. Um, and during your turn, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. So, like, I first read this and like obviously you read it wrong. So like, uh, uh, like, why would you have to prevent damage during your turn? Like, you're not taking damage. So I just assumed it was like naturally the other way. And. Uh, turns out it's just not not good. Um, like it stops you from taking damage from like pingers and stuff like that. You know, direct damage spells. Yeah, they don't. It's kind of bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't see an application where it's good. I'm sure there's one out there. Like, I'm sure there's some combo where it might be good, but it just seems really bad to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, it's like the silence. If it protects creatures, people hold it. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Your creatures will die to the same removal. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it doesn't even protect your creatures, which is which is sad. Um, an interesting card. I don't know if we covered it last time, but, like, Spirit Mantle. One color to one well, I mean, point. I a little bit, but, I mean, protecting creatures is just... Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, yeah, it's unblockable, or, like, can block anything and doesn't die. It, it seems really good, so, like, it's definitely a card to be aware of, and, and to plop down and just feel good about it, <laughs> like, so. And again, it's uncommon, it's not, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's not gonna, like, take over, you know, the meta or <laughs> limited or anything. Um, so, definitely something to just consider and know that it's out there. Um, and then stave off is like similar uh, kind of concept. So all the titans have been confirmed. So uh, you well, know. we did talk about a stonework dignitary last time. Um, Where's that? It's stonework dignitary. The it's oh, three colors right. and one white. It's a rhino soldier. It's a common. It's a one four. Mm-hmm. And when it enters the battlefield, fire player skips his or her next combat step, which seems like a weird ability. But, like, if they had just dropped their bomb, right, 
Like, even if you're, like, kind of mana screwed, it just buys you a turn. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems moderately playable in, like, a, a pseudo, like, a slower white deck. Probably limited, but other than that. Yeah, no, like, I agree. Like, it's some kind of control deck. I mean, where you could go, you know, like, where you go, like, Wall of Omens, a Seagate Oracle, to this guy, to, like, Gideon Jura. Like, that's just, like, you're not taking a lot of damage. <laughs> so, yeah. like, he could be a sideboard card. Um,. Yeah, he could, I don't know, he just, he just slows any kind of aggro strategy down, like, a significant amount. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but he's a, he's a one-board, like... Yeah, he has... He's, he's got that, that enough, of a, enough toughness to, you know, make it through, like, the removal of limited if not played. Yeah, and he so, trades with stupid tokens and... <laughs> or, I mean, he eats tokens. <laughs> yeah, like, every day. So... Alright, well, let's see, what... Okay, so we got this new Sphinx, moving on to blue cards. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's not... Where is it? Sorry, oh, okay. We got Jace. <laughs> we got the new Jace. Uh, Jace, Memory, Adept. It's three colorless and two blue mana. Planeswalker, Jace. He starts out with four loyalty counters on him. His plus one is draw a card, a target player puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So, you draw a card, and then whoever you want to mills a card. So, then the zero ability is target player puts the top ten cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So, zero, mill ten. Any, any target player. And then is minus seven, which from four is obviously three positive activations, if you're not using any proliferate. Any number of target players each draw 20 cards. <laughs> I don't think I realized that it was any number of players. Yeah, no, like, so in, like, Commander, you can be, like, you know, the ultimate ally, and just be like, yep, like, you, you, and you draw 20, you two guys who've been attacking me don't draw anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I've been slowly milling you guys with my butt one. Yeah, so, you know, like, the thing is, is and I think we could do like a whole show on this alone. Is that no matter what, I was going to be disappointed because yeah, it's not Jason the Mind Sculptor. It's not Jason the Mind Sculptor, and you know what I think Wizards did though, which I think is to their credit, is they made it very unlike Jason the Mind Sculptor. Is that they really put milling as like the center part of this card? Yeah, I mean they made it where no one's going to play it. See. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I think that is like unless you're playing like some weird funky dredge deck. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I think dredge is like a really good application for this guy. I think like in commander he could be really popular um, as like a dredge strategy. Um, you know, like drawing a card and milling your top card. You know, could definitely be applicable, or then you just mill yourself. But and like obviously in limited he's like crazy good. Because, like, I don't know if you ever played against Sword of Body and Mind, but, like, that was, like, the best sword in Limited, because you were yeah, dead not, in two hits. <laughs> not against it, but with it. I played with it. Yeah. Like, I played against it, and, like, it was on a Nirog Invisimancer, and I was just dead in two hits. Like, I literally did not have a single answer in my entire deck for that card. And, yes. like, this is the same, you know, situation, as if he gets this and you can't take loyalty off, like, you will be dead. <laughs> 
very, very yeah, poorly. I mean, like, realistically speaking, like, you drew your seven cards to start, plus, like, five more, right? Yep. Twelve out of your forty. Like, if you're not drawing cards and they hit you twice, you know, it's twenty more cards, you have, like, eight cards left. Yeah, and, like, and there's a lot, and, like, limited and stuff, like, there's a lot of, like, little, like, mill cards in this set. So, oh, yeah, I mean, we've already seen, like, Chase's Eraser and stuff like that. Yeah, like, the one right below it, Merfolk Mesmerist. I mean, like, that's a common. Like, there's no way you can't get two or three of those. <laughs> so yeah. you've already done that, like, two or three times, and then you just drop this, and, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, he's fine. Like, I don't know. Like, not excited. Um, like, from a, like, a collector standpoint, like, the art's super different. But, like, I don't know, they made it so much different from both of the other chases that it just feels, I don't know, like, I know, like, story-wise, like, it works, right? Like, it fits, yeah. but it just doesn't, The art, I don't know. The art like, feels I, like I a little, the art feels like a little, like, like cartoony to me. Doesn't it look like a little, like, cartoony, like, anime? Yeah, and they did that with the, with the new ones, so I was like, oh, sweet, you were probably going to get new Gideon art and new... Uh, some art, and we did. And like, like yeah. I have like posters of the artwork that I got from uh, late team games, and you know they're they're cool, but they don't all match. Just panning it, like yeah, like make them look the same. Just somebody draw me a new picture again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So. Anyway, I think, I mean, like, underwhelmed is probably the is the best way to put it, but, you know, like, the other exciting thing, though, is, like, if Innistrad does turn out to be, like, a kind of graveyard-based set, you know, this card could see some significant play. Yeah, but the next card will be better than this card. Alright, go ahead. Mana Leak. <laughs> Mana Leak. Always good. Yeah, I mean... Literally, like, I mean, it's, it's so powerful. Like, like, counters their bombs they try and play them on curve. You know, counters their early stuff without a problem. Counters their late stuff unless they're, like, really playing around it. You're good. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Manalik. <laughs> and it's back, and all the control players are rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, you know, like, we lost pre-ordained, like, Right, so yeah, we need something. Players. Although these next in the next couple of spoilers, we'll see a couple of somethings that you know maybe could help us with preordain. So yeah, this, I mean, blue is just like they ban Jason. It's like all right, so right now I'm playing blue because preordain mainly like that deceiver are good spreading like, seas. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so one bomby card, um, which is. Yeah, it's definitely a pretty big bomb. Is Mind Unbound. Costs yeah. four colorless and two blue. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a lore counter on Mind Unbound. Then draw a card for each lore counter on Mind Unbound. So, first turn, draw one. Second, draw two. Third, draw three. And so on and so forth. Definitely. Sorry, you gotta repeat that. It kind of garbled you. Oh, by turn four, you're uh, you're looking to mill yourself. Like I mean, we just talked about how mill was unlimited. It's not so hard to to draft. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this will help them if that is their strategy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's a, definitely a bomby card. Um, I don't think it's going to be standard play. It's just too expensive. Um, can definitely see commander play. Like it's just definitely yeah, a pretty it'll solid. Cool. It'll be something that you could give away in the political puppet style. Man. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say, just to keep people happy. Take <laughs> your draw cards, and eventually you'll mill yourself, and that's cool. Yeah, just cool. like I, you know, don't kill it, and I'll give it to you. You know, you can draw four, and I'll take it back and draw five, and. <laughs> So, yeah, so, you know, cool card. Um, the next one, new one, is a new is a new Sphinx, uh, which is, actually seems really good. Um, it's very expensive. It's Praetor expensive. It costs five colorless and two blue for a total of seven. It's called Sphinx of Uthun. And hold on, I need to look at the picture. I didn't look at the picture yet. Okay, the picture is oh, sick. Yeah, the picture is really sick. All right. It's in a, it's a, uh... Like one of the foils from one of the decks, too. Yeah. Um, it's a 5-6 flyer. And when it enters the battlefield, reveal the top five cards of your library. And the opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one in your hand and the other into your graveyard. So, follows on the dread strategy a little bit. But then also, like, it's just like factor fiction plus a 5-6 flyer for seven mana. So... Like, paying three extra mana, basically, for a 5-6 flyer seems really good. <laughs> Agreed. Like, I know it's, like, Praetor expensive, but, like, a lot of the problems people have, like, Consecrated Sphinx, for example, is, like, you, okay, you only end up drawing, like, two cards off of it. But, like, this guarantees you getting either, like, two really good cards or, like, three average cards or, like, you know, just it guarantees you card value. Yeah. Which is always good. So, I, you know, I see this thing on, like, the fringe of standard play. Like, yeah, and it, it, it beats the, the five toughness test, right? It so, does, yeah. It gets around a dismember, so. Yeah. I mean, like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up one, one yeah, here, sure. and it's a phantasmal image. It's the new illusion. It's, it's one in a blue. It's a rare. Um, and it's, like, clone. Like, Copy any creature as it enters the battlefield, except for when it becomes a target of spell or ability sacrifice it. So, I mean, it's, it's cool, it's a new illusion to go with the illusion lord, the lord of the unreal. But it, like, I don't know, like, it seems good, like, you copy a titan and get to use its ability at least once. Or, yeah. Or, like, it's, I, I think it's fine, I mean, clone for two seems good. Yeah, I mean, like, would you pay two to search two, for two lands? And then the battlefield tapped, right? Like rampant growth yeah. costs. It's like double rampant growth. And yeah. For two mana, it's fine. Exactly. So, and then like if it lives, you know, it's like pretty spectacular. And in standard, actually, it's like they're going to use Doomblade on you anyway, right? It's like it's like going to die anyway. Like you, like people don't really have like creature effect spells that don't kill the creature. Yeah, like, there, no one's gonna giant, like, no one's gonna be playing giant growth in standard to, like, pump it so it dies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, the most, like, prolific thing right now is probably Tumble Magnet that would, like, kill something like this, like, incidentally. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, I get it. So, those, that's my thought. But if you, if you have Lord of the Unreal out, like, it just never dies. Yeah. Right? Like, it just becomes whatever bomby dude that's out there. So like, like in a, in a limit, from a limited standpoint, it's probably pretty tough because you know they're both rare. But 
you know, like, I don't know, like, illusions. Like, I'm not going to build an illusions deck, but I'm not saying you shouldn't give a shot. So. Yeah, I mean, it could but happen. Play, play better cards. That's, let's go back to that. Yeah, but this, I mean, this card is powerful, and, like, I... You know, for for a very efficient mana cost, like you can get like very big stuff. <laughs> that, the legend rules everything out for two mana. Like from a commander standpoint, like kill their commander for two mana. Yeah, I mean, I would see no reason not not to play it in limited. Like commander, it's easily a possibility, and like standard, it, you know, with the right deck, it could it could do some work. I mean, look at how good metamorphs been for a lot of people. And Metamorph is my house. So, yeah. So, just remember this does not work with Birthing Pod. <laughs> because it dies before you get to use Birthing Pod's ability, so. Yeah, do not, do not try to Birthing Pod into this creature. <laughs> it, will, it will not make it. Um, okay, so the next card, which was spoiled by Channel Fireball, um, which is Visions of Beyond. It costs one blue. It's an instant. Draw a card. If a graveyard... Right. Is- 20, <laughs> yeah. If a graveyard has 20 or more cards in it, draw three cards instead. I really like it. Yeah, so obviously this combo is well with Jace, uh, with the new Jace, um, with like the theme of getting cards into your graveyard. Um, I'm going to play it in Commander probably, because like, all my Commander games, it seems like there's just a ton of cards in people's you know graveyards all the time. And, I don't know, like, it takes a lot of work and standard to get 20 cards in the graveyard, but if kind of milling and graveyard dredge stuff's, like, gonna be a real deal, like, it's definitely easily done. And, I mean, it, and it draws a card for one blue at instant speed, which is cool. So, yeah. Like, if it was a sorcerer, it'd be just not good, right? Like... And in like the current yeah. in the current standard, I even talked to my brother about this that you can just plug this card like this actually is really sick for a pyromancer ascension. Okay. Is that like your whole goal is to mill yourself, and so like and this is just like a cantrip anyway, which is what pyromancer ascension wants. And so if you just add that in there, and like the first time you use it, you're just cantripping. Like doing nothing but drawing a card, and then like the second time you use it, you know, like you're act, you're putting a counter in your pyromancer ascension. The third time you use it, like, you know, you're at least drawing two cards with an active pyromancer, and like maybe up to six, depending on how many cards you've shoved into your graveyard at that point. Yeah. It seems like it, I don't know. Like I'm definitely gonna play around with the idea of of pyromancer ascension with this card because it seems like this could be just enough to break it. Because when Pyromancer had Ponder and Preordain, it was, like, really good. <laughs> and now it kind of has a similar card. Yeah. It seems, I mean, it seems alright. So. Alright, what's the next card? Let's see, we gotta go down, we gotta go down. Black, black, black. We haven't really gotten much new black, have we? Well, Call to the Grave is uh, a four black rare enchantment. Uh, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, the player sacrifices a non-zombie. At the beginning of the end step, with no creature on the battlefield, sacrifice fall to the grave. So, like, if you're playing zombies, you're good. Like, they just kill one of their creatures every turn until only your zombies are left. And that's about it. 
<laughs> yep. Um, um, that being said, I don't think there are any zombies. Oh, there's like one, one zombie currently printed. Yeah. Like, oiled. No, a, there's two. Never mind. There are two. Commander deck. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, if you have a zombie based commander deck, it'd be cool. Um, you know, kitchen table is probably Yeah. I agree. I mean, it'd be hard to put a limited deck together that actually did this. So. Yeah, I mean, unless they, like, the next, like, 12 black cards they spoil, which I don't think they're like, they're all zombies, like, it'd be really tough. So, the next card that's new, I'm pretty sure, is Rune Scarred Demon, which is, like, yeah. the Sphinx. It's predator size. It costs five Carlos and two Swamps. It's a demon creature, and it's flying. It's a 6-6. Six, six. When it enters the battlefield, Diabolic Tutor. So search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So again, yeah. like, it's good. Like it's a huge body, and you get to tutor with it, which is good. You know, because you can get your next best card <laughs> out of your deck. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at like cards in the, in the current standard, like Diabolic Tutor is two and two black. So it's like playing three colorless mana for six six flyer. Yeah, I mean, like, it's similar to the Sphinx in that way. Basically, you're paying three extra mana, you know, for an already existing sorcery, you know, speed card to, like, get a big body. <laughs> yeah, do we think we're going to see a factor fiction reprint? No, definitely not with def not with this Sphinx in, in the set. Because this Sphinx is basically factor fiction plus a body. Just like the well, demon this, is tutor. This demon is demonic tutor plus a body. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I don't I don't think so. And but. divination is number 50, and frost breath is number 54 in the collector's numbers. So there's a gap there. We got three cards between that D and that F. Just saying. It could happen. Yeah, it could. It yeah. won't, but it'd be cool. <laughs> I guess I could buy it. <laughs> I'd be excited. It'd be cool. So, I mean, this card's obviously a limited bomb. Um, standard, again, like, it's just, like, right on the edge. Like, the hard problem is seven mana, like, in, like standard is just proven to be not viable. Like, like you know, we're kind of leaving Battleship magic, um, you know, like, with kind of Rise of Eldrazi and Mono and, like, the ramp strategy kicked off, and we're really getting back to, you know, like, six drop is about, like, the limit to what we're willing to pay. Now, like, these are pretty sweet enter-the-battlefield abilities, but at the same time, like, they are seven mana, and some games just are completely out of hand at that point. And so, yeah. like, getting a 6-6 six, six flyer plus, like, another card the next turn, you know, just isn't probably not good enough. So, I mean, if you use your room scar demon to get your great thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I can see where, you know, this could work. You know, I definitely, again, like a very controlling deck. But at the same time... Yeah, I, mean, I think in, in a mono-black control type deck, um, it, you know, like it, it's, like you, know, you said, it's, it's like friend playable and standard, like, because you just get to search for your answer, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. one over two of, like, yeah. just because, like, there aren't that many good tutors in standard. Um, at least in black. Yeah, so. I mean, I wish there was, 
Like, I, I hope this card's playable. Like, I hope seven drops are playable. Like, I just think that's fun. Like, I think that's a fun environment um, where you get to actually play, like, these big bomby, like, rares and mythics. But I don't know. Like, I, I have not... I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't played enough focus J standard to, like, decide if seven is feasible anymore. Yeah, and then I'm not even sure if, like, this is better than Shieldred. You know, for the same mana, like I'm not, I don't know. I think Shield is, is probably better, <laughs> but she's, she's she's definitely better. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on what your deck is, I guess. But so, all right. That being said, um, I love this next card. So I'm gonna take it. Go ahead. Vengeful Pharaoh is two and triple black, so uh, hard to play. It's a it's a zombie. Okay, there we go. There's another zombie. Um, it's a rare. It has death touch. It's a 5 4. And whenever combat damage is dealt to you or a planeswalker you control, um, if Vengeful Pharaoh is the graveyard, destroy target attack creature, and then put Vengeful Pharaoh on top of your library. That seems good. Yeah, I mean, there was a card called No Mercy. Uh, I think it was like Urza Saga or something, and it was two black and two colorless, and whenever a creature dealt damage, you destroy it. <laughs> so, like, that card was really good. Um, this card's similar. Like, the problem is, for me at least, in standard, is that then I have to re... Like, I'm just drawing this, this like, pharaoh. So, well, if they're killing it, right? Like... Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's so a killer like, card. So no matter what they what you block to, you know, like if they swing with something and you block and it dies, you also kill their thing. And so then they attack you again and then you just kill their next thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like... So it's, every time you play it, you're going to get to kill two creatures. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, like, in a, in a control deck, again, like, can definitely hold down the fort. <laughs> Like, it's hard for them to put damage on you. <laughs> for sure. So, uh... Hold on a sec. So... So, does it destroy all the attacking creatures, then? Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? I'll have to reread it. No, destroy target attacking creature. Oh, okay. So you only get to destroy one, so... this It doesn't, like, just blow out the swarm strategy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then it would be a black rat, and then it would be ridiculous, <laughs> but... I mean, yeah. you could, I mean... Like, you do get to two for one of them, and then you get your card back. So it's like a two versus zero? Yeah. I mean, it does have death touch, too, so I could, you know, trades with anything, so... Yeah, I mean, you yeah, trade with whatever, kill their next thing, play it again. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's like a repetitive, you know, creature eliminator. So, yeah, I could be on board. <laughs> I mean... Definitely a good O-ring target. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, definitely use your oblivion rings to go vengeful pharaoh. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's definitely a fun card. So, check it out. Yeah, I mean that's all I had in black. Nothing else is exciting. Yeah, same here. So we got. Yeah, Agatrice is back. Okay. Yeah, red. I'm trying to think, if we've gotten any red cards. We still got, don't play Goblin Bank Chuckers. Yeah. Still, I would argue last night it's, it's just as bad as it was before. <laughs> um, the newest new card we got in red is called Scrambleverse. 
Cost six colorless and two mountains. It's a sorcery, so again, a big red unplayable sorcery. <laughs> and for each non-line permanent, choose a player at random. Then each player gains control of each permanent for which he or she was chosen. Untap all those permanents. So it's a little yeah, weird. But basically you pick a permanent and then you roll a dice and you see who gets it. And you do that for every permanent in the game. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's just like a mix-it-up funny card. It's not competitive at all. Like, there's no way to, like... Go ahead. I'll be playing it in my commander deck. Which makes sense. Well, he plays political puppets, so, you know, he can always just take back control of all his stuff. Stuff like that. And then, like, leave everybody else, <laughs> you know, with whatever they happen to get. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and that helps me to give away my stuff. But then again, I may just not do it, like, I don't know, I was looking at my deck today just to, to jump real quick. And I don't have very many cards left that I can cut. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine. Somebody will play it. Somebody will make it fun. And then Commander, you know, when it comes out on, like, turn 12, it'll take 15 minutes to resolve the spell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, whoever plays this and has, like, a billion tokens, like, if a token deck plays it, like, I think I'd just scoop. <laughs> like, I don't have an hour you roll by and decide to get your one once. Yeah. So. Woo! So, uh, the next card, new card is Tectonic Rift. Three colorless and a red. Destroy target land, and creatures without flying can't block this turn. So, I, I think this card's actually pretty good. Um, I think you, it, ha, it like gives red like some good reach. And then if it's not just like winning the game on the spot, um, you know, you're just you're kind of like nibbling away at their land base as well. So, I actually think this card's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's it's land destruction, uh, which is good. Yeah, and like... And, but it does something else. I mean, we've been, like, there have been land destruction for the last couple of four sets that cost three to red. Right? Yeah, exactly. And this, this one does something else. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely better than the other ones. Yeah, it's it's like, it's versatile, and it gets the job done. So, I, I like it. Like, I'm not going to, like top three pick it, but, like, if it's at the end of a pack, like, I'll definitely grab it and think about it. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, if, it, if, you're, if you're red, it's, like, you know, ninth pick, and there's nothing left, like, seventh or later, like, it's probably fine. Yeah. Like, it's one of those cards people aren't going to take, just because traditionally land destruction's not good, but, I mean, if you're red, you already don't have much of a way to beat the higher. Yeah. So, especially because, you know... There is no lightning bolt. So, like, so sorry, I'm just going to go on the next card. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, the next card is Warstorm Surge, uh, which is an awesome commander card. Um, and it's like a good limited card, too. It costs five colorless and one red. And whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So pretty solid card like in commander like everything you cast is huge so like it ends up dealing damage like really fast <laughs> i've played against this card before in commander i can't remember what, there's like another iteration of it that does like pretty much the same thing i can't i don't know it might be a, it might just be a reprint i don't even know 
Yeah. Um, What's cool about this is that in Commander, the creature actually deals the damage. So, like, by bringing your Commander, like, Progenitus or whatever, like, you just dealt 10 Commander damage. Yeah. That so, is really cool. That's kind of neat. Um, I mean, it's, it's alright. Like, what I'm at, like, if your Commander's big, like, whatever you're playing, like, it's not only to the players, but, like, you can deal it to the creature, so, like, bring in progenitus, kill their commander, like, kill their bomb, like, it's fine. Yeah. I don't keep saying progenitus, but I played against a progenitus commander back last week, so. <laughs> so, let's go to green. My brother was very excited to see Elvis Archdruid made the cut. <laughs> That's six months back. Six months back, which is great. Um, let's see, what's a new one? Do we have any new ones? There's a green, like, arrest. Arachnus web. Uh, Ooh, I know the green. new one. Huh? I know the best, the best one. The new one, the Primordial Hydra, is oh, actually just really good. <laughs> Yeah. So, Primordial Hydra costs 2 Forest and X. It's a Mythic, it's a Hydra. It enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of plus 1 plus 1 counters on Hydra. And it has Trample if it has 10 or more. So, like, you can cast this on turn 4, let's say. And, like, maybe you ramped a little bit, so it has 3 on it. The next turn it's a six x. The next turn after that it's a twelve twelve, and so on. It just it, it just, just seems a little complicated for a corset, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's like a little bit complicated. Like I think protein hydro is actually more complicated though. Oh, like, I agree. That card's a pain. <laughs> yeah, so like this one's a little simpler than that, um, and it seems like <laughs> it seems ridiculously powerful actually. Like, it just puts somebody on a really fast clock to either find removal or die. <laughs> I mean, I, I think optimally you're going to cast this for four, right? The way it gets around everything that's on Doomblade. Yeah. Uh, I it's, mean, it's a fantastic card. I mean, I mean, it's basically like have Doomblade in five turns or lose, right? I mean, because eventually it's just like it's like a 24-24 or like whatever. I mean, even if it starts as a 1-1, one, one, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, it still gets up there pretty quick. Like, I'd want to cast it for two just to kind of get max value, you know, but... It, you yeah, know, I mean, one, two, four, eight, sixteen, dead, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it just puts the clock on so fast to, you know, just becoming massive. So, I don't know, it's it's pretty solid. Like, I'd love to see it see play. It, it could be really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. The other cool new card is Skin Shifter. Costs one colorless and a forest. It's a human shaman. It's a 1-1. Although you can pay one green and choose one. Until end of turn, Skin Shifter becomes either a 4-4 rhino with trample, a 2-2 bird with flying, or an 0-8 plant. So, and you can only activate it once each turn. So on your turn and your opponent's turn, it doesn't matter. Like you can flip it like back and forth, but you can only do it once a turn. So like on your turn, like bash with your four four rhino, and then on you know, your opponent's turn, like turn it into an 08 plant. 
or like keep it alive by making an 08 plant and just have it suck up damage until you're ready to attack and then make it like a bird and put a sword on it. Like, very, extremely versatile card. Yeah, um, it was funny. I was reading the forum about, like, a guy that I obviously did not read the clawback to make his ability, you know, only once each turn. But it was like, yeah, what you do is you turn it into a, you know, a 2-2 bird and block and then turn it into a 4-4 and kill him. Like, it just doesn't work with it. Like, it'd be a cool way to kill flyers. Like, obviously, they thought about that. Yeah. Like, what you want to do it once a turn, but, like, to turn it into a bird and then turn it into a 4-4, like, it just doesn't work. So, it was funny, though. I like the card. It's a bomb. Like, definitely a limited bomb, right? Because... I think so. I mean, like, it, it's a kind of a big investment, like, in mana, but at the same time, it's just such a versatile spell that, you know, you can't not have it in your deck. <laughs> So, I mean, like, I even yeah, think, think it has standard applications. I mean, just being able to be that versatile just kind of mm-hmm. gives it a lot of application. And then, like, with Birthing Pod, like, it's a great card to, like, jump to another card, too, if, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, all I mean, right. It's, it's a fun card. Um, I mean, kind of like play a little bit. So, a couple new artifacts, too. Um, it's kind of cool to see that in this new set, like, they're continuing the artifact theme from Mirrodin. Because we don't, even in Limited, we don't usually see this many artifacts. So, we're getting a good amount more than normal. Um, the first one is Crumbling Colossus, which is a five colorless mana. Artifact creature, Golem. It's a 7-4 with Trample. When Crumbling Colossus attacks sacrifice it at the end of combat. <laughs> so, funny that it has trample, because it will probably be blocking a lot, and then attacking once and winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish that it was, you know, sacrifice at the end of turn, so you do some, like, cool, like, sorcerer tricks to get a lot of cool, like, value out of it. Um, it would be a lot better if it didn't die until the end of turn. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, so. it's, it's fun. Like, it's a great blocker. It kills, like, again, like, every single creature in the limited format, right? Like, yeah. Nothing that. I mean, at Uncommon, too, it's, it's like, it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's yeah. part of the reason why I think the, the limited format now is going to be very slow. Um, that cards like this exist, and they're just going to slow the games way down. The next card that's going to slow games down is Druidic Satchel, which is three colorless. It's an artifact. You tap tap it and pay two mana. Reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put a 1-1 one, one green supporting creature token on the battlefield. If it's a land card, put that card on the battlefield under your control. If it's a non-creature, non-land card, you gain two life. What do you think? I mean, it's good. Like, right? It does everything you want it to. Like, if you're looking for a creature, it gives you a creature. If you're looking for a land, it, it gives you a land. And if you are spending mana, you know, you gain two life. It's fine. Like, yeah, I see it being really good for, like, a little while with, like, cards that, like, make you play with the top of your library revealed. Like, Oracle Maldaya. Um, because then you, like, know what you're getting. Um, or even, like, Sphinx to Jar a while, where you get to, like, look at the top card, you know, all the time, which people always forget, which is funny. <laughs> like, I yeah. saw, actually, it's funny, the other day I saw some people playing Standard, and, like, he played Sphinx, and, like, at the end of the turn, like, the other guy had, like, a big board position, but he just, like, peeked at the top card of his library, and I was like, 
Isn't it, like, I was thinking in my head, like, isn't it a little early to, like, scoop and just, like, blatantly cheat? <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh, wait, that's actually an ability of the creature. <laughs> no, it pays good. It's worth you to, like, it seems like it's one of those that you should have to say, hey, I'm going to act, I'm going to look. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not activated, so you just do it. Yeah, you can just do it whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, this, yeah, this, this satchel seems, like, really good. It's just, it's, it's again, like, very versatile, and... Like just gets the job done and limited. Um, maybe it'll have standard applications, but I kind of doubt it unless it's like some kind of a ramp deck, like 30, yeah. 30 land ramp or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so. but I mean, like, there's once once we hit rotation, like they're gonna have to bomb and then the strat for ramp to be a viable strategy because like like if in green, like if you ramp into a primeval titan, like all you're gonna play is one player. We have to think about it. Other than that. Yeah. So. I'm both of them printing all this, like, decent equipment. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be, like, pseudo playable if they had just banned freaking Pyrocrawl for three months. Yeah. So. Um, Pentavis is an artifact creature, construct. And it costs seven mana, which is why I don't think it's going to see play. But it's a reprint. It comes with a Bender's Battlefield 5 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. So remove a plus 1 plus 1 from Penavis and put a 1 1 colorless Penavite artifact creature token with flying into the battlefield. And then you can sacrifice one of the little dudes to put a plus 1 plus 1 back on Penavis. So you can basically like pump him up, pump him down, and like create little tokens, create chump blockers, and like put the chump blocker in front and sack it before we damage. But it costs seven mana. <laughs> I mean, I think with proliferate, this guy could be uh, pretty cool. Like in a, in a kind of casual constructed deck, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, obviously, like, limited, he's good, and, you know, like, casual, he's good, but, like, standard, he's not. <laughs> so. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a certain blue deck that likes artifacts that are six or greater, that do yeah, that's true. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I guess you could cheat him out with Grand Architect, or, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you cheat him out, you know, remove counters, turn the dude blue, right? But, like, wouldn't you rather be cheating out, like, Mirror Battlesphere? Like, isn't that just a better card? Oh, it's much better, but I'm just saying, like... Yeah. Alright. I, yeah, I it's see. It's cool with Contagion Engine. Like, it'd be really cool with Contagion Yeah. Alright. So, let's see. Then the next card that I think is pretty sweet, um, Solemn Simulacrum. <laughs> I think I'm probably not saying that right. Costs four, four mana. It's 2-2 two, two, artifact creature Golem. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card and put that card onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. When it dies, draw a card. It's just and like colorless ramp and fixing. It's just like a value machine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you want it to die, like you're just gonna throw it in front of whatever, right? Because you got your land. Now you go. Now you want your card. Right. I mean, like it's like <laughs> I think of it as Jason a lot of ways. Like, except like in a Tezzeret deck, like it did everything that Jace was doing in Tezzeret decks, except it happens to be an artifact too. So it could even like turn on your metal craft or you know become a five five. 
Yeah, for a couple turns or like I don't know, like it's it's it seems too versatile to not see play. Yeah, it's funny that they're putting all these like Mirrodin, like original Mirrodin reprints in M twelve and not in the Scar Mirror block. Yeah. <laughs> like this one and, and this and everything else, like Yeah. I don't know, I guess they just couldn't get it to like fit flavor wise or something. Um the next card, which I don't think we talked about last time, is Swift Boots. It's like the new Lightning Greens, but it just does hexproof. It's the, I mean, it costs one to equip. It does nothing. So that's a bummer. But like, it still gives haste, and it gives hexproof so you can still target it, which is, uh, pretty nice. Yeah, it seems pretty relevant. Like, you can do a lot of really cool stuff with that. Yeah. Um. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like Lightning Greaves, except, you know, you can, you can like, target... I don't know, like, the Hexproof seems really good. Like, this card seems really good. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's it's like, definitely limited playable. Yeah, oh, for like, sure. Yeah, for sure, and I think it could be constructed in the right deck. So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and from a commander standpoint, it gives you a second pair of Lightning Greaves. Yeah. So, the next card is a throwback. Um, it's when I first started playing Magic. It's Thran Golem. It costs five. It's an artifact creature, Golem. As long as it's enchanted, it gets plus two, plus two, flying, first strike, and trample. It's a three, three Golem creature, which, by the way, there's a lot of Golems. So, like, that little, like, Splicer series. <laughs> like, what the heck? I don't know. Man, like, it just feels so weird that we're, we're like, so deep in artifacts. It's like, last time, there were, like... Not very many. Yeah, like, as I'm flipping through this, like, I'm kind of realizing, like, how many golems there actually is. And there's a good amount at this point. And they're actually, like, reasonably powerful. I mean, just like the Solemn Simulacrum, like, Mastery Splicer, Thran Golem, you know, I don't know. The yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, we were talking about some of, like, the, the more iffy enchantments earlier. Like, the white one that gives it plus one, plus three. Like, that on this gold is probably fine. Like, yeah. Or, like, imagine the good one. Like, the <laughs> one that costs yeah, four. Yeah. Like, it just turns it in, like, the ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, nine-nine flying first strike panel. Like, that's fine. Yeah. So. I don't know. Like, a nine-mana commitment, right? Like. And then we get to the reason why so unfortunate things banned. <laughs> so, World Slayer costs 5 colorless mana. It's an artifact equipment. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, destroy all permanents other than World Slayer. Equip costs this for 5. Make, this is going to make limited miserable to play. Like, <laughs> you're going to have that one guy, and it's going to be me, who plays at the seal event. And it's like, I'm just going to blow your world up because I did not get any other good cards. And then I'll just take it to time and make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll just, every time you think you're going to beat me, I'll just restart the game. No big deal, and I'll have this one piece of equipment to play. Yeah, so, I, it's like, a, I don't know, I'm a little, like, there seems like there's a lot of, and this is just in general, but Wizards just prints a lot of rares that are, like, they're cool, and, like, they do really sweet stuff. But, like, I'm probably never going to play with it. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. Whatever you make that indestructible will die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so you'll be a, you have a world slayer in that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stick that on on Ulamog and you know annihilator everything, I guess. Or like Oblivion ring your own guy. And they're like, what are you doing that? And you're like, whoa, because I'm about to blow up the world, son. <laughs> That's true. I mean, there's that. <coughs> yeah. So, the next card is kind of cool. I mean, first of all, they reprinted the dual land cycle. So, you have all the same dual lands. Um, and they then, at least need to give them, like, you know, land... Swamp Mountain, like, so we can touch him. Like, <laughs> That's not going to be happening. <coughs> so, one cool thing they did, though, is they printed this card called Buried Ruin, which on the surface looks, like, pretty bad, but, like, in, a, in like, certain combos, like, isn't, like, I don't know, like, I'm thinking about it for standard. Because if you well, pay two and sack it, you get to return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Well, when, you know, Wormwell just dies, right? Like, it leaves behind, like, pretty awesome value. But imagine just getting it back. Like, that's fine. Yeah, and, like, I even For thought... Like, I even thought of stuff like the Wellsprings. Like, just being able to, like, keep cycling those through. Yeah. Um... I thought of, like, Phyrexia's core and how you could, like, sack something and then bring it back. I thought of, like, Sun Titan and how it could keep bringing Buried Ruins back and keep bringing Artifacts back. And so you can just kind of, like, chain all those together. It would be cool with Mind Slaver, right? Like, yeah. Like, in the Grand Architect, I'm just playing one. So, like, to be able to bring it back, like, I don't know, it seems good. I, it's still not as cool, like... I don't know that it would take the space, the place of uh, the spine and Phyrexia's core, but I mean, it's good. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, it's interesting. Like, Phyrexia's core, like, I kind of wrote off instantly, but then it turned out to be, like, a major player and, like, eating wellsprings and kind of, like, a cool engine. And, like, this, I could see this being, like, having somewhat a similar application. And then also, like, in Commander, like, this is definitely, like, a, a land people would play in Commander. Like, it has... Yeah, get your Soul Ring back, get your Grave back. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just a lot of, like, cool artifacts that you wouldn't mind having back in your hand a lot of times, so... Yeah, the card Commander decks the Locust. Yeah, so... So anyway, so that's, like, the spoiler as to where we're at now. Like, as far as my opinions on the set, like, I have a few, like, I think... The limited format's going to continue to be slow. I think it's going to be, like, a little bit bomb-heavy than it was in the last, um, in the last core set. Like, the last core set, there was some definite, some themes and some, like, deck ideas and stuff. But this one does have, like, some pretty significant bombs that kind of change the game around, and they're not just mythics. Like, so, like, this, that's, that's definitely something to look out for, um... But then also, like, I think Wizards really, like, looked at the last core set and realized how good Blue-White was in Limited and, like, took some steps to remedy that. Um, if you notice, like, Red got a huge upgrade um, in having Shock, Incinerate, and, like, three different, like, playable dragons 
like, all in the set, and, like, one's at Uncommon. So, um, like, Red got a huge upgrade, and I think it's definitely, like, very, very playable now with the number of removal spells it has and the sweet dragons it has. So, those are just kind of some initial thoughts I've had uh, just kind of about, you know, limited format going forward, and we'll talk a lot more about that next week. Yeah, I mean, I still think, like, what we see, and, you know, there's 193 or 249 cards spoiled of that include the lands, but it just, I don't know, like, it still just seems like the blue white is the best. Like, and there's going to be, like, a fringe, like, black deck, you know? It's yeah, like, I think there's definitely, like, lots of decks, but I, I do think that like, red, like, the color red has gotten much better from what I've seen so far. Like, it has more removal, it has more flyers that, like, it can put in the air to, like, meet blue-white, and I think, like, I think blue-white's gonna be good, but, like, I don't think it's gonna be nearly as dominant as it was last year, and partly because, like, the scry mechanic's gone, which was part of the reason why blue-white was so good, is because it was playing, like, 4C and Preordain, which... Like, we didn't know, like, well, the pros knew, but, like, was just bonkers good, <laughs> so. Yeah, like, it, like even Augury Owl, right? Like, yeah. the White Flyers, like, would play all the Augury Owls we get. Yeah, so, so you know, like, there's just something to keep in mind when you're drafting. Like, last year, it was just draft blue, and, and you'd pretty much win every draft. Um, but this year, like, I think red is, is a very viable option, and something that should be considered, you know, going forward. Yeah. So, that's about all we had for this week. Um, we just talked about Limited a little bit, and uh, the M12 spoiler. And we're hoping next week we'll have the whole, the whole, you know, list up, the entire spoiler page. And so we'll go through it all and kind of give our thoughts on Sealed coming up so you guys can dominate um, your local tournaments. Yeah, and speaking of local tournaments, um, the... Jason at Lake New Game in Lake New Wisconsin is running his seal event for fifteen dollars. Um, for those of you that aren't good at math, um, that's really cheap. I mean, you're you're getting six packs already for fifteen dollars, um, so that's pretty spectacular. And then uh, the top four, like it's it's three rounds, cut the top eight, and then single elimination like finals. And the so the top four finishers. So if you win one round of top eight, you get 12 more packs. But if you win the top eight, you get from the vault relics. And I mean, this is all, you know, all for $15. Like, even just just getting in and getting your packs is awesome. So Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing deal. Like, $15 for six packs um, and six pre-release packs. So packs that nobody else has, cards nobody else has. And then you get a chance yeah. to win, like, a ton of more cards, you know, if, if you manage the top eight. Um, and then Jason also throws out lots of random prizes. And, yeah, you should definitely pre-register now because you're not going to find a better place to pre-release than Lake Geneva Games. Yeah, and, and if you pre-register, um, Man is Helping, our podcast, is going to pick one random person and you have to be there to win or, you know, to be considered because, you know, and the cool thing Jason's doing in this tournament is since it's so cheap, if you're not there... You're just going to get a refund and store credit, and you're going to try and get someone else in your spot because 
he wants people to play. You know, so he doesn't want people to spend fifty dollars just come get their packs. So like you have to play, you have to be there to play. Um, but if, so if you're there, you pre-register, and if you play, we're gonna do it um, after uh, the first three rounds before the top eight. Um, we're gonna give away one foil correction uh, obliterator. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so anyway, so pre-register as soon as possible uh, for the tournament, and we hope to see you there. Yeah, you can pre-register on the Sweet. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Um, so we hope you guys enjoyed. Again, check out Lake Geneva Games. Uh, check out their website, lakegenevagames.com. And we will hopefully uh, see you next week uh, for our final limited podcast before you go off to your pre-release and take our advice and kick some ass. Yeah, yeah. All right, have a great week, guys. Yeah.